0: One Great Conversation, a place where we strive to become whole and complete personally and professionally by bringing great minds together and giving you, the listener, the authentic conversation you crave. One great guest at a time. Welcome back to One Great Conversation. We spoke with Aaron Booth from the Gold Coast Titans, which is a rugby league team here in Australia. He has been around the football culture and game for a long time, and recently his retirement was announced following a slew of injuries. His most recent being a serious knee injury in 2022 against the Melbourne Storm. This didn't stop him. If anything, it propelled him further into the world of footy and positioned him in a place of deeper team and community influence and connection. There's so much I can take away from this episode, and I'm sure that there will be something for you too. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Aaron, for coming on to One Great Conversation and saying yes to being a guest on here.
1: That's all right. I'm happy to be here. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Thank you. First question, we speak a bit about it here at Lux's Greats, being the creators of our reality. When I say that, what does that mean to you?
1: I suppose it's a tough question. I I suppose it is different for everyone Mm. in their own sense. But for me, it's just doing what I I enjoy most and what I get the most fulfillment out of. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few things that contribute to that in my life. But I suppose it's just, yeah, putting... My time and effort into areas that I think I'm gonna get the most benefit out of, but also looking at it not so much from a beneficial point of view, just like a, an overall fulfillment point of view, and what's gonna give me the the most happiness or the most yeah, yeah the best feelings in life, I suppose is yeah. is that, and like my reality would be like like I said, having fulfillment in what I'm doing, being happy with my my partner and. My family and my friends around me and and live in my best reality. Does that make sense? In, yeah, yeah, definitely. In I guess
0: what I'm getting from that is, and I don't think I'll say this saying correctly, but like paraphrasing it, it's like where the attention goes, where the energy flows, the attention goes or intention. So basically yeah. you're putting it, out there, like what you'd rather focus on rather than focusing on the shit stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And I think I've been through plenty of shit stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, and I think like <laughs> I probably haven't thought of it. And that's it's cool to think about it right this minute. Like, you know, and yeah. I probably, um, I know we'll probably chat about it in the future, but I probably have been doing that subconsciously or like unaware of it over the last 12 months, especially with a few mm-hmm. things that's going on. But yeah, I, I definitely think my reality is based on. I'm happy to give all my time and all my effort, even if I put myself in, in the ground sort of thing. But if it's given me fulfillment and it's what I want to be doing, then I'm happy to do whatever that is, yeah. if, if that makes sense. And yeah. I still like to yeah, enjoy my time and have downtime and, and have a drink or just relax and not do anything mm. for a day. But I'm happy to put time and effort into things that I'm, I'm going to get rewarding. Nice. Um, feelings out of for sure.
0: For sure. And actually, yeah, that does flow into my next question, being how you're speaking about being the creators of our reality. So your most recent knee injury was definitely a pivotal moment for you and your football career. Mm-hmm. How did you see the bigger picture when it was all falling apart? I guess those two questions sort of tie in together where I guess you're manifesting or thinking of what you'd rather be than what's sort of happening at the time.
1: Yeah, I was just saying that it, it's sort of it's funny to look on. And like you said, the two questions definitely go mm. together because – I feel like I have created my current reality in a little bit with my outlook on, on what happened to me with my injury and a few things in throughout my career, especially. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my, my outlook was just at first, like the first few days were a real struggle and I was unsure. I was, I didn't have a contract. I was thinking that's me done not necessarily from an injury point of view which it ended up being but from just a general contract point of view because I was in discussions to re-sign with the club for a few years and like it was going to be putting me in the best position that I'd been in to my career today and then before that all got finalized then I'd do my leg the way I did it and the injury that I suffered which has given me plenty of grief but it's actually crazy to think I've said it a few times the injury was so brutal and uh, the pains and the obviously it ended my career so I'm, I would never call it or say that it's been a good thing mm. but so much good has come from it that I really can't complain too much because of the opportunities that have that have been presented mm. that wouldn't have been presented if I didn't do this injury. So it's, it's, it's crazy to think about like that but when I say I created that reality, like I said, those first few days were tough but in the first two weeks, right, I had three three things that happened that really just shifted everything for me, and I sort of was down and I was out, and my partner was with me, and it was my family, and it was it was pretty brutal. I had surgery, and I was I was struggling. I I literally couldn't get off the couch, like I had no weight bearing, and I didn't have the contract. But so then the physio, our physio at the time gave me a call and said asked if I'd ever considered coaching. So the club called first and said we're going to look after you don't stress so that was a weight financially and and major all of that that comes with it that sort of lifted that weight a little bit still I wasn't going to be able to play in footy and it wasn't locked in they said we'll look after you I didn't know whether I was going to have a contract or what it was going to be Our physio called Sam Madden who who's a legend and I'll remember this forever he, and sort of just sparked the idea of what I'd consider coaching more so from the point of view he was like if if you help out with some of the junior stuff, they might be more inclined to keep you around, give you a contract mm-hmm. and keep me at the club, which I don't think would have mattered anyway from speaking to the club afterwards. But like he was looking out for me, yeah. but also could see that there was a, there was something there from the coaching point of view. So that was exciting. I hadn't really considered coaching. I always thought like once I'd done with footy, I was going to be out of footy because mm. I'd been around it for so long, but I, I sort of naturally had somewhat been doing it with a, some players at the club anyway and I was like I'll give it a go so I got on board with the Burley 18s and this is all in the first two weeks Sort of that snowboard
0: yeah it sounds like it all happened quite quickly
1: yeah and then the RPA who's the like the players association they gave me a call and I'd been doing a little bit of work on as a delegate for the Mm -hmm. the Titans group one of the the blokes there Tommy Simons also another legend gave me a call and said like we'll give you some work experience mm-hmm. or dive into our space and learn some some of this side of the game and and give us a hand be good sort of work experience for you yeah. and so those three, three things happened in the in that first week or two that I was I sort of sat down after Tom Rain because that was a th- like, it was like the third strike and I was like I really just thought to myself was like I have these opportunities that have presented already mm. in the first two weeks of this injury that I was looking at this <laughs> long stint on the sideline I didn't know where I was going to be going like with my footy and life in general, and it really just flipped the switch that I was like, okay, I can't be sour. Like mm. I've been presented these opportunities, I can I can really just dive into into those three. And although things are going poor from an overall point of view, like I I got to pursue. So and I did. I like it, it. Really did flip my switch. And from then on, I've tackled it all pretty. Pretty well I think and uh, like I, I think about it sometimes and I go Geez, I'm surprised how like I just bought, I just jumped into a lot of different things and I probably overcooked myself and given my time to everyone and to everything and then yeah it's just it's just over the last 12 months things have developed and now I've got a position at the club that I'm working full-time I'm now coach- like within a year of within six months I was coaching the NRLW team which is like an elite elite sport mm. went from zero coaching to coaching the elite That's sport so cool. and then I, I dove into that rpa space and that grew and then I got engaged my fiance or my now fiance we bought a house like so much happened in the last 12 so months from happened. one night being like the worst night of my life mm. that everything was crumbling and then literally it was within that t- first two weeks I was a little bit yeah. sour and I was down and I think I deserved to be a little bit upset for a little period there but I, I managed to flip a switch and it was with good people around me, but yeah, it was sort of those two questions. I suppose go hand in hand because yeah. it was after I acknowledged a lot of it, I, I did create my own reality, and now I'm living that reality, which is pretty cool. That I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, it's definitely it was definitely not a good thing, but a lot of good has come from it. So I can't yeah, can't kick sure. stones too much.
0: For sure, and I think having the right attitude. Like, of course, I think everyone would be so upset if they're in that situation where you're about to have everything that you thought you wanted ahead of you and then have a major injury and all of that changes Mm. and it's okay to feel those feelings like you you can't bury them suppress repress depress whatever you want to call it but to then yeah go okay cool well moving forward now what are we going to do and yeah you have good people around you to offer those opportunities but I think who you are and how you choose to be in the world i think it all sort of grows and manifests together so mm-hmm. i think you you definitely do create your reality in that sense because if you, you were super sour about it and then you hated the world and you hated everyone around you i don't think where you are now would have happened
1: definitely not yeah definitely not and that's yeah you probably said it a little bit better than me but i do it. <laughs> no, i agree with yeah with yeah. that for sure and yeah I was, I suppose, I was open to it. Also, being open, like it was, being open, I allowed it, and I and I acknowledged those feelings. Like I knew I was being sour, and I knew I was being, I was upset. And I'm not saying that I didn't have days. Like there was days where I was like, I was definitely just. Even now, the other day, I was thinking, like I just announced my retirement, and I was like,
0: Yeah, could, Do yeah I, that is that like, what
1: I want? Or like, yeah. maybe I can keep fighting. Maybe I can sure. keep pushing. Like, and I was pretty sure that. Like I've listened to the experts and and I'm trust their opinion and I felt it within myself but like I still have days where I'm like no nah, I can do it or mm. I'm still feeling Interesting. Like it still hurts. There's a lot of days that still hurts, but you just got to acknowledge that I suppose live in it for a minute and then
0: Absolutely. get
1: back to keeping the ball rolling in that positive light.
0: Definitely. And that being said, what kind of self-care practices have played a role in your journey? We could look at pre-injury post-injury whatever take you want to have on this is there anything that you have practiced and works for you
1: yeah I I work with um, a mindset coach Jared Brown who works on a mindful league he's from down Sydney or central coast so I've been working him with him for quite a while through a friend that introduced me and and he's given me a lot of tools that have have helped along the way Um, I've always been big ocean person so i like to like have my time where i just go down for a swim and Mm. and definitely since we've been back on the coast my partner and i like i definitely get try and get in the ocean each day and just have that moment to reflect as i'm in the water or sitting on the sand just relaxing and take some breaths and and just acknowledge like how i'm feeling like i said before Mm. so i'm quite aware of if i'm feeling upset or i'm having that bad day or i'm feeling super like acknowledging how i'm feeling and being aware of what what i need to do to either get back on track or just sit in that that happiness for a minute and yeah i would i don't really have i I do some journaling and things like that and i go through phases but yeah i just think acknowledging where i'm at each day and how i'm feeling and then making moves accordingly
0: like self check like self
1: check-ins yeah. and being just self-awareness like if i'm if i am feeling down or my partner's a big help as well like i probably is my ear that yep. I, I sort of vent or whatever. Bless her. Bless her yeah, like positive <laughs> and negative, like <laughs> yeah. but more like how I, from me, like getting sure. it off me and vice versa. But yeah, I wouldn't say I have a, a specific self care routine, but I do little things that I definitely, like I said, I get to the beach and I acknowledge how I'm feeling. I have some breath work that I, I usually go through. Yep. My, my health in my body is a big one. I, I like to eat quite healthy Mm -hmm. and I'm the only one that like packs my lunch to train and then things like that so like yeah so everyone else goes to yeah so we have like we we can pay yeah they can the club takes money out of your pay each month Mm -hmm. and you get provided lunch every day and it's and it's always healthy but I'm Mm, not so much particular, but I just – I like to know what I'm
0: Well, it's your routine as well. My I
1: routine like, yeah. and like, everyone laughs and says, like, oh, i you get whatever. the time and, and things like that. <laughs> yeah, and I, like Asha, I my partner, she does a lot of it as well. Yeah. She helps you helps out there. But so, like, self-care with my body. I'm, I didn't lose my love for training, so I still love training. So I like awesome. to feel healthy and I'm, I'm quite flexible and mobile. Like I like to look after myself physically as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's just, just – yeah, whatever makes me feel the best day to day, like sure. I try and I try and do that, and then I have down days. Like I have a weekend where I have a big drink and I feel bad for a couple of days, and I like I let it go all the yeah. time. I'm not super. Can't be strict, too attached, like Exactly, yeah. but
0: yeah,
1: I'm pretty pretty good at just my general well being or my um, whole holistic health, I suppose. Yeah, I, nice. I try and look at as a whole.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, as a whole. That's right. So being whole and complete, and not just like these. Small little things. I think it's yeah. the bigger
1: picture. Yeah. yeah. So like people say they they journal or people do a breath work, but then they're eating shocking and like like to me it's yeah. like it's a balance of all all parts. Yeah. Is what makes me feel best, and I think is why I don't know. It's just that's how I feel. It works, and like if I'm slacking in on one area a little bit, like so bad, the others are out like balancing out that yeah. that area. Like yeah. Yeah, it's a cool. balance of all, I think, and and I'm not dissing on journaling because I do write some yeah, things yeah, and I do course. all that and like I said, I do breath, but like I think you got to have that whole balance. Yeah, and you got to do what works. Best.
0: Yeah, you got to do what works for you too. Like, don't just do something because that's what everyone else is doing or that's what's popular at the moment mm. or whatever. Like I yeah. see, like I'm sure ice baths are great and they've been around for a very long time. And there's this whole thing now where everyone's buying like $8,000 ice baths and it's like, yeah, I'm doing ice baths on my Instagram reel or whatever. And it's like, cool, just do it for you. Like yeah, you don't yeah. need to – I mean, I'm yep. of the opinion you don't need to show everyone. Like yeah, it should yeah. be about how you're feeling and how mm-hmm. it makes you feel. My partner, we don't have a $8,000 ice bath, but he will – he chooses to have cold showers, like yeah, ice yeah. cold. First thing in the morning helps him wake up. Yep. And he goes, that works to me. I don't need to, you know, be – Reading yeah. around on the internet with my fancy ice bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no,
1: I agree completely. Yeah, and I yeah. will do the culture thing as well. But that's just yeah, I I agree with that. Mm. Yeah, there's too much yeah. for for show. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's was definitely find find like, your balance or your what's working for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, and not yeah, not not for show for others anyway. Mm. So next question: How important is accountability when it comes to being part of a team?
1: I like to hold myself accountable, which is – I can play my part. Like I, I've i had times where I've sort of looked at others not doing certain things or they are doing certain things and then try to copy that. But I, th- I feel like you can't judge others for their accountability. You can try and help and guide, but you can never force. Mm-hmm. Um, Good but point. Yeah, I, I feel like as a team, to be successful – Everyone has to be individually accountable. But as a team, you also have to be accountable. And I'm seeing that a lot as a coach now. As well as the playing point of view, just being removed from the actual task of having to train myself, mm. I can see the effects of the ones that are doing it, the ones that aren't doing it quite as well, or like mm. the little things in a footy environment. So it's cool to see it from an outside point of view or like an over, overseeing um, view and Thankfully, the team I'm I'm working with is pretty spot on. Like they're they're awesome. all very um, accountable with the little things that they do, which has impressed me hugely. But yeah, it's it's super important. Just I think for like everyone's got one goal, and I think it, there's 17 that play each week. There's 13 on the team, but there's a squad of say at the NRL level. There's a squad of 30 to 40 even right. um, at a minimum minimum 30 up to 40 at most clubs um, and plus the staff like everyone's got to be humming on the same page to to be the best of the best I think because the, the difference in competition is it's so slim but it's so so far if that makes sense mm. like it's the the slim things that make the most impact
0: like the one percent the
1: one percent things yeah. the small things that you can get away with not doing and they may not be visible right in that moment taking effect, but they do affect in the long run. Mm. And I just, I, I've been at the Melbourne Storm when they won the competition in 2020. And it was just, I just, there was this feeling that I just remember if I wasn't doing something and I wasn't holding myself accountable, or if I had the thought, oh, maybe I don't do this today, or if I just had those thoughts, I would be like, there was just like a guilty feeling going like wow. I don't want to I'm not gonna do that because I know no one else is yeah is doing that. And it was almost like a pressure yeah. that I didn't want to let others down. And like and I'm pretty good in general with with my my work and my accountability, but like that was just a feeling that having everyone on the same page moving like that, it was it was pretty incredible. And we we went on a, a really good run and won the competition that year and it was it was a feeling that I haven't really experienced ever. That's before. amazing.
0: Yeah, I have. Yeah, that's to and hear it that way. Yeah, yeah, and
1: it was, yeah, I just still remember that feeling. So it was almost like you didn't even have to be accountable yourself because it was just like
0: your was, for, the, energy, it, was it, the energy was
1: forced on you that yeah. you had to be, and that was from player to staff to everyone. It was it was a pretty cool feeling, and that's been built over a long period of time yeah, with the, the people that have at the club. But I just remember that was the like the peak of that. Yeah. feeling and i and i feel like it was an accountability thing like everyone was just doing every move to make the right move to win that competition and we did in the end and yeah that i think seeing that and just, like and i felt that at the time i was just like wow this is a cool feeling
0: mm-hmm. no that's awesome that um, was awesome insight thank you have you ever been told that you couldn't or shouldn't do something in life? If so, how did you overcome people's limiting beliefs? And if it hasn't been someone, mm. has it been yourself?
1: Mm. I probably had it on myself a little bit. Like even okay. with this retirement stuff, I was n- nervous to even announce it because I was like, well, I've I've played a handful of games. I've been in and around the NRL for a period of time. Like, like I've been around for a long time, but. I haven't had that 300-game career sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. like, I was probably nervous that I was thinking I didn't deserve even to mm. have an announcement and get that that credit. And then I had a few conversations there, like, you got to be appreciate and be appreciated for what you did contribute. Yeah. So that was, like, a limited belief that I had on myself that, like, I hadn't really felt that before either. I was like, maybe I don't even deserve, I didn't mm, really want to sure. announce it publicly because I was like, I don't really need or I haven't earned that level of
0: because you way. had an idea of a standard yeah a standard of like meet.
1: because I didn't meet that upper upper level that I probably didn't deserve to get mm. that acknowledgement of credit so I had that a little bit on myself even recently um but yeah I can't really remember a time I probably choose to ignore it I suppose if if someone else has tried to put a living of belief sure. on me and I've probably had it a bunch of times through footy I was always pretty yeah I, I definitely got there on hard work, not on talent, that's for sure. Like, <laughs> and I was probably, yeah, let down on a few little – like a few selections here or something there. But, yeah, I probably chose to ignore it or just didn't <laughs> acknowledge it at the time. Yeah, or, yeah, sure. Or forgot about it. But, yeah, yeah. I, I probably tended to worry about myself and didn't really acknowledge other people's limiting beliefs of me. Um, that's but really yeah, good. that was That was one recent that I had on myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we can definitely do it to ourselves. The reason why I asked that question was being that this is sort of like a sports related episode and I actually spoke about it recently in the hypnotherapy episode that I did, which has already been released. I had and still continue to have limiting beliefs about my abilities because I loved netball through school. Like it was super fun for me. It wasn't competitive. It was just like into school sports type thing. And my, it was my grade five sport teacher, pulled me aside on lunch break, and just me and her, and she was like, oh, um, Alma, by the way, like I don't really think you should be playing netball. Maybe you should do something else, but I don't think netball's for you. I never it's told harsh. anyone. Yeah, yeah. It was really harsh. And I never told anyone. And I spent the rest of school pretty much just not thinking I was good enough, worried what other people mm. would think, because there was both primary school and high school there was a lot of you know sporty kids who were naturally talented the teachers favored them obviously so i spent a lot of time like oh my uniform's dirty or oh, i'm sick or, i have a note, or i don't go to school or whatever and then i actually didn't realize that i buried that comment and it only came up when i started working here in 2018 one of the other ladies that i work with she also loves netball mm and she was like oh well, you know we should start a team and i was like yeah, yeah that sounds really cool and i'm like why did i stop playing that ball?" and then it all came back to me came back to you that's and so i'm brutal, like yeah. actually you know my sports teacher said this to me and da, 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 you know and so you is, did let it like it affected uh, you. like and the hypnotherapist that i see she was basically saying that that's hypnosis in the negative it's not mm-hmm. hypnosis in the positive so like I'm believing that I'm not good enough because she's planted this thought that I then took on board and believed to be my truth. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just thought yeah, because that's, that's my experience, that's I want to see if something like that happened. It actually
1: made me think of one Yeah. If, if we've got time, I'll quickly say. Yeah, I just I, – like similar as a teacher at school and it didn't stop me obviously because I still played footy but when I was probably 16, 17, I was – played hooker and I had to tackle the front rowers and they're all much bigger.
0: I was going to say they're huge, aren't they?
1: They're big <laughs> and I'm quite little. Um, so I just had this – I don't even know where it came from but I had to be bigger. I had to put on weight and I'd, mm. I'd give my mum shit for it now because it's like I'd just take pesto pasta to school, straight pasta. With a, yeah. And I'd, I'd just eat just pasta. Just
0: loading up, yeah.
1: And I got – I got to like 90 kilos i was still pretty young wow and I'm, I'm 85 now so i'm not i wasn't like ridiculous but i was i put on some pork and like i wasn't <laughs> super muscly <laughs> but i was still playing high level footy and then a teacher so, or a coach sort of grabbed my stomach once and like said like oh if you lost a bit of weight Aaron, you'd be you'd be a pretty good player like it w- I, there was no real malice in it and it never hit me too hard but like i still could remember could you imagine that, someone still it would that story. yeah, yeah or to to yeah. some it would for sure um and i end up losing a, a lot of the fat and put on a bit of muscle and things like that and got it into a better into a more footy. Sure. Got into a better footy shape than I, I probably was at the time but I had in that mind like I was I needed the, to put the weight on to yeah. play in this position. But yeah I remember that hit me pretty hard and I was mm-hmm. like oh shit Like, and I did I trimmed down after that and yeah. a few things and it probably did help my footy but it was a pretty brutal
0: Yeah, and I, I was playing at a guys.
1: higher level like I was making higher rep teams at that stage because it was mm-hmm. when I was like 17 and I was I was doing pretty well. It wasn't like it was affecting me. So yeah. whether I needed to or not, like it was probably yeah, it, was yeah. me, it was pretty put on. It was pretty put put on me pretty brutal. Yeah, but for sure. I've yeah, always I mean, remembered yeah. that, and it never like has played on my mind ever. But yeah, mm. I've always remembered that one. I think I people like, need to
0: think about the fact that they might say something in passing, but then mm. what that person does with that, you know, throughout yeah, the journey, yeah, yeah, yeah stick yeah. with them for a while. So
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure.
0: hopefully our listeners get something from that. I'm sure they will. <laughs> yeah. Our CEO at Lux's Greats, Tim Dawson, his personal mission is to unlock everyone's full potential that he comes into contact with. Have you set a personal mission, or does something come up for you when you think about your journey now? Is there something that you're set out to do?
1: It was actually probably given to me, and there's a comment from one of my coaches at the moment, who, which I really liked it, and he he said, like the game probably didn't see the best of me as a player, it can still see the best of me as a person. And I was like, that was summed up a little bit of my thoughts. Like I hadn't thought like that didn't see the best of me as a player, but it definitely didn't. Like my career, I I didn't play more than 10 games in a season for like the last six seasons or something Mm -hmm. or six, seven. So not just did, did I have this injury, I was always, my body broke down a bit across my career. So I was like, that's a cool way to put it. I can still have a lot of impact Absolutely. on football, whether it's football or not. And I probably did, like all football players, do attach attach myself to being a player um,
0: sure. a
1: lot. And thankfully, over the last twelve months, I've had time to build into detaching myself from that a fair bit. Which conversations with Jay Brown, who I spoke about before, my mindset mm-hmm. um, coach that I've worked with. That helped and we spoke about that in the past, detaching from the player and the athlete and, and moving into the person a little bit more. And yeah, I think that having that mindset over the last 12 months has definitely helped put me into this position. And now it's like that line was said to me a couple of weeks ago when I told him about retirement. And I was like, I'll use that and yeah, have that cool. in my mind to, to know that like I can still have a lot of impact Absolutely. even though I'm not playing I can still have a lot of impact to the game or to the team I'm working with, and the NRLW team at the moment is doing really well. And I'm not taking credit for that, but like I can have some positive impacts to whether it's the the team I'm working with or the boys next year or the staff upstairs that I'm working with. Yeah, like I can still try and contribute um, as best as I can. Uh, yeah, so that was that was a cool little one that he said to me the other week that I've I think I'll hold on to and has stuck with me
0: yeah no that's awesome and I can definitely see the potential like it's only just begun I feel Mm. like I guess you can think of you as a player is one sort of milestone in your journey or one pillar or one road and then taking the exit or the next pathway where now there's so much potential for you to influence and add value and I don't feel like it's just for the titans like I feel like the way that you carry yourself and who you choose to be can even be an influence on the wider community and Mm. like even with us now like you know we sell linear grades and this is going out to such a diverse audience externally you don't have to be in the world of football to appreciate the metaphors and the experience and the tools of success that you have so i appreciate that very much yeah Yeah, and i've
1: yeah yeah thank you
0: no worries So we're into our listener questions segment. So this is where I ask our listeners about what questions they might want to ask the guests that we have on. So the first one is he moved all the way up to Mackay from Sydney in 2018 and during pre-season he did his ACL. I'd like to know what he learned about himself in a place like Mackay being injured because rehab group is the most lonely place in the football club. It is. And how he dealt with that mentally, what did he learn about himself when he was, where he was at that time in his life?
1: That's a cool question to think about. It was a little bit before then, it was 2017, I was oh, up there, but yeah, that's an that's a unnecessary <laughs> correction. Um, All good. Yeah. I, it was a big move. I was sort of living a lifestyle in Sydney that I needed to get away from. Or not get away from, I was having the best time of my life. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. (laughs) I was was having too much fun and it was to the detriment of my footy and I sort of made that decision that I was going to – and I didn't know anyone in in Mackay and I made that decision Mm. that I was going to go out there and play and get away and remove myself from sort of comforts.
0: That's very mature of you
1: yeah it was yeah I don't know if it was a mature decision at the time I still can't I don't even remember but I had support from a lot of people and I was like I'm just gonna get pack up and go and I literally put everything in my car and mm-hmm. I moved up and I lived on I had an apartment with a beanbag and a mattress I bought from Vinnie's <laughs> <Perfect. laughs> and I ate my food off the, off the edge of the, the bed it was pretty funny <laughs> but like I literally did just remove myself from sort cool. of all my comforts and I went up there and it was funny. I actually had a, a really enjoyable um, time up there, and the crew that I met was yeah. We just had a we just had a good time, and it wasn't until I left Mackay that I realised I was actually in a small town, and, and I really appreciated everything up there. And I was actually, and when I did my ACL, I was sort of I was in this place that I didn't know anyone. I'd built friends and relationships by that stage, so I did have help, but I was away from family, friends, everything, and like it was that was a pretty dark. Dark time and I've handled this leg really well Mm. probably because I learned some some tricks along the way for that that first time that I was in Mackay and I was yeah went through those tough times and um yeah I it's hard to say what I learned but it definitely grew me as a like I grew up as a person for Mm. sure and I, I learned some life skills and and had some life troubles along the way in that especially in that 12 months but I was definitely better for it, and then by the, I didn't know it when I left Mackay. I was definitely a different person. I'd grown up a whole mm. a whole bunch, and I pretty much I hit the ground running after that ACL injury, and that's when my really my I kicked off my career in going to Melbourne and, and doing the rest, met my partner, and everything sort of after that. Yeah, sort of set me up to then hit the ground running, and everything come together after that. But it was it was a tough twelve months, but um, yeah. The support I had, I had, I met my best mate Nico there at that time and we sort of both went through some some tough times. His yeah. times were probably harder than mine even though I was going through it but I think helping him through his struggles helped me through mine and vice versa so it was sort of, we sort of were 20-year-old kids that faced adversity for the first time and yeah. really fought our way through it and then that set us up to really build into the humans we are today which is, um, yeah, it's cool to see. And and think about those times because it's not often you look back and yeah, acknowledge it. But yeah, definitely, definitely shaped me. Mm-hmm. Macau's I loved Mackay and it was it was a cool experience. I probably wouldn't go back to live there because it was a <laughs> bit small and a yeah. um, bit different from what Is I'm it used quite to. Hot but up there as well. Yeah, it was hot Ew. and it was it was yeah it was brutal. <laughs> but um, I had a best time. I still got oh, really awesome. good friends up there. And yeah, I need to get back there. Actually,
0: it sounds to like to it's important to have community and build those friendships. That it sounds like they're. Lasting beyond you just being there. So that's mm. really, really cool.
1: For sure. But yeah, nice. that was a good experience.
0: This is my question, as we discussed before the, the episodes and my contribution to the listener segment. Do you ever get imposter syndrome? If so, how do you deal with it?
1: Well, I sort of spoke about it before with that mm. retirement stuff. I, I feel like that was a little bit of imposter syndrome.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, I probably you're didn't right, feel yeah. like
1: I'd built up enough of a career or. As a successful career, as maybe I would have liked, or maybe I thought I just I needed to then get acknowledgement to retire and sort of wrap it up. But I sort of had a few conversations, and from like people I respect, and they said, "No, you got to you've earned it, and you got to live in it for and get the acknowledgement um, of what you've done, and sort of accepted it and come out." And it wasn't. Yeah, it was it was strange because I hadn't really had those sorts before. But sometimes I feel I do sort of pinch myself and go like I, I lived some pretty cool experiences through mm-hmm. football and whether I was the best player that could have there could have been other players that were probably more talented um, could have been there. But I worked hard to get into those positions, it. and it was. And then I, I thought to myself, I was like, no, I did. I put in the work and I did all yeah. the the hard yards to then maybe get above players that could have been there ahead of me probably didn't do the work or um yeah so a little bit but um no i just try and adapt and i I just i just think i have the the purpose of just being a good person i suppose and if i'm in a new environment that i feel like i'm imposing in i don't look at it like that i just look at like i just have a conversation or or have yeah. a chat and 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 try and feel at ease in the situation and not not think, oh, I don't, I shouldn't be here, or I shouldn't, sure. I haven't earned this, or I sort of just brush it off. If, if that makes yeah, sense, I yeah, don't yeah. know if it's <laughs> as easy as just doing that. No, but, no,
0: no. Um, I, I actually, I really appreciate that you said that because I think I have like to me, it makes sense to like with this podcast setup because that question was I asked that question. Because I feel like I, one, haven't had enough life experience. Like the people that I have on, I don't, some of them I have n- no idea about their field so I feel like I'm kind of faking it or I feel like I should know more about what that person's mm. doing. But instead it's funny how when you think about it, it, all makes sense in your head but it still doesn't quite change how you feel. Yeah. Instead looking at it like you're inspecting and going, okay, cool, well, I know that I don't know anything about this Help." me understand yeah kind of thing so like being the facilitator for getting that information out to the world like it's okay for me to not know and
1: the opportunity
0: okay. is to learn in this environment
1: yeah yeah so it all yeah, makes sense up okay. here but not here <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean but it's yeah. like I think that's a good way to put it like it's definitely okay not to know mm. but how are you gonna know if you don't have the conversation or you don't if you weren't doing this you probably haven't Mm. learned a bunch of things that I'm sure you have over the time and yeah. probably listeners haven't then learned some of the things that they've picked absolutely. up along the time so yep. it's like if everyone felt like that then no one would know anything, <laughs> no, like, get anything. no one do anything nothing <laughs> would happen no one would know anything like, absolutely really like yeah, yeah. So and I, it's I think cool it's also
0: at. the part of feeling like I need it to be right the first time but I know it doesn't need to be right the first time because no. Then you wouldn't have learned anything.
1: No, just, as well, just hit hope sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: There was a cultural night he performed in as part of their NADOC week for the Titans. What value did he get out of doing something outside of his usual experience, and how did it make him feel?
1: It was it was tough to do, to be honest. It was it was an unreal experience. I'm so happy I did it. I'm still like. Almost, I don't know, it makes me feel funny that I was up on stage doing a full <laughs> Samoan Siva. Yeah. Um, yeah, It was. I don't even know how, it was strange. And I'm so glad I did it though, because I, th- I feel like I broke the ice for some others that actually ha- like uh, in that Samoan culture or any culture that maybe will do it now that I sort of put my hand up. But one of the young guys in our team just uh, asked me to do it with him and we'd been doing little dances at train and sort of mucking around together and he asked me would I go to the class and I was like oh yeah I'll go to the class and I had no intention to actually going to the class I just said yes <laughs> I was like I'm not going to do a, a cultural <laughs> dance so like I'm I'm just me sort of thing mm-hmm. and then I was still at the club when the Kings Academy were there to do the, the class and he said you said you'd do it like I was like, like
0: oh, I'm, shit.
1: I can't get it can't get out of it now <laughs> so I was like oh, I'll come do it
0: yeah
1: so then it was literally half an hour 40 minutes we did did the dance sort of thing and, and learned the siva, very poorly. I, did, I don't think I got it right once, <laughs> and then at the end of it they all sort of put the pressure on and said like, cultural nights next week. Like you got to do it. Like you're in next week on stage. Yeah, oh, next week. Jesus. And then I was like, no chance, no chance. I'm going on stage, no chance. And no chance. then just, uh, that Jazza like, I'll do it if you do it. Like I, you got to do it with me. Love I'm like, that, bro. You're Samoan. <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> like I'm. I can't. And then. The crew and I actually had coached one of the one of the young students. Ice had been in the Malman Inca team that I coached and he was doing it as well. So yeah. there was two of these younger guys that I sort of have a lot of time for, have a lot of respect for, that was asking me to do it with them and they were like, I seen that energy. And I was like, oh, I'm just gonna say yes. I'm not actually gonna get on stage. Again I said yes. <laughs> yeah, knowing that it
0: wouldn't happen. I was
1: like, I'm not yeah. gonna actually get on this stage.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: And then i would committed, and then it was sort of like a few. I had a conversations with Calms, Annie Calms, who's at the club, who's just like everyone's go to. She's the best, and she sort of and I said to her, I was like, I said yes, but I'm not. <laughs> but please it. don't I'm, make me. I'm not <laughs> going to do it. And she's just like, like, but you got to, you got to think. Like, if you do this, like, other boys that are super shy, that are Simone or uh, do have cultural sides that they're not getting into, like, they might. Sort of jump on the back of it and absolutely get confidence that they can do it. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, th- shit, why is this weight, <laughs> why, why is this weight on my shoulders? <laughs> yeah. Like, but I was like, yeah, I acknowledged that, and I was like, if I do this, I was so from language, but I just said fuck it. Yeah, and then yeah, went to one more class. So I was probably an hour and a half of learning all together. Yeah, so like it, it was pretty. I don't know, like I don't know if you watched the video, on. but it's pretty pretty technical sort of stuff yeah, and I was I was right in the mix of it like front and center on stage <laughs> oh, of, and I thought it was gonna be, boy. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was going to be like a flat level stage but it was like raised oh, no. there's like 300 400 people in the room oh, all the boys that I play with all the girls that I coach
0: like perfect everyone had young. the full
1: kit on I had the, like everything the whole kit caboodle and then had the best time. Had the absolute best that's time. Awesome. I loved it, and yeah, then that's awesome. I'm not going to say I'm going to do it again anytime soon because <laughs> sure. it was super nerve-wracking. But I did it. I was stressed, you did but I did it. it. And some of the young boys got on stage and joined once we got into the later part of it, and yeah, everyone gave me a whole bunch of good feedback, and I'm super glad. Even though, like, and I was going back and forth with myself, saying like, "Yeah, I'll do it to them," and no real meaning um, behind it. But yeah, I did it, and I'm I'm happy I did it, and. Yeah. It was a super experience, and uh, yeah, I've, I'll definitely go to watch that the King Siva do their <laughs> do their performances. And I told them I'm not jumping in every time, <laughs> but if, need if they need a answer. call, if they need a call on me, I'll, I'll be there. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was yeah, an unreal experience, and I'm glad I did it for sure. And, yeah, uh, that's
0: really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that was scary. Yeah, but I think it speaks a lot to people for anything that they maybe haven't tried <laughs> before or are too scared to do. Just like at least do it once. Mm. Tim, he always says try at least once and then you can say I don't like it or I don't want to do it. But how can you know if you haven't at least tried it once kind of thing. So that's that's cool that you've had that experience and that you can incorporate it into who you are moving forward.
1: Mm, For sure, yeah.
0: As someone who has had to shift locker rooms from men's to women's, are there any key differences in how the teams interact and bond? Is the camaraderie the same, pecking order, stuff like that? Because now you're um, coaching the um, NRL, do mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you're in their locker room. This is uh, yeah, the I'm, way that he's I'm, worded I'm this fully, question.
1: <laughs> I'm not fully in the locker room, that's for sure. But there's differences, but overall it's pretty similar. It's okay. probably more similar than I thought it was going to be. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I think I think the girls are naturally just more encouraging and more supportive. And mm-hmm. so like the the reaction to when I told both groups like I was retiring from playing, like the boys gave me support, there's like a bit of bit of love there. But the girls there was a lot more emotional support behind it and uh, they got me a gift and cute. like little things that are just like like sort of a female touch. So more nurturing. But like I see that between the players as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more nurturing, not just for that experience for me, but like I see that between each other, like some of the injured girls, the support they give each other in front of, they give them acknowledgement, whereas the boys sometimes got that man Yeah,
0: like I'm I'm sweet, like I'm all
1: good good and and don't acknowledge that between each other as much. So I see that a little bit, but overall it's pretty similar. Like We're we're just footy players, being footy players a lot of the time and the work, they both work super hard, and obviously the girls have to balance work, lifestyle, and football, and mm. family, and everything. And the boys are all that footy time constraints that yep. the boys can do more and, and work harder. But like the girls work just as hard, even though it's not fully
0: yeah. So do into they the have football space, does some of them have younger children?
1: Yeah, there's a few that have children. Some okay. like some have like we have one player has left two kids in New Zealand with her husband and. Well, She's come over for the season. That's commitment. And like commitment. Like commitment. So there's, there's huge sacrifices that they're making. The boys do as well, but the girls being not the full-time schedule yet. That's it. It makes it yeah. quite difficult, like even the work balance and then they're there all night. Like They're away mm-hmm. from families and things like that. So mm-hmm. they work both as hard as each other, I think. So, yeah, it's quite similar, a lot more similar. Not that uh, I thought it was going to be different, but yeah. I think naturally it's just quite – yeah, good environments to be around and I'm liking having both sides and seeing both sides because yeah. I think it's beneficial for me for my learning as a coach and um, as, yeah, a person in the game. Um, the girls will probably take on knowledge. Not take on knowledge but, like, if I say something, like I think the girls listen to it a bit more. Whereas, Absolutely.
0: Where, yeah, like, and, like, they'll, they'll like, take the guys, it, like, whatever. They'll take it all on
1: and they'll soak it all up and they'll yeah. probably do it exactly how it was said even if it was – not i didn't want it exactly how i said i was sort of (laughs) speaking in passing but whereas the boys sometimes you see like oh i know that like yeah a bit of a shrug like so a little bit of that but that might be just because the game at this level is new for the girls like they they don't have that prior knowledge so they probably haven't heard everything before sometimes the boys have probably heard it all a a million times over the Mm. the course of the career so it's it's a little bit of that but yeah no it's pretty similar i think Mm. and
0: It also does depend as well. we got two
1: good groups, so that makes it easier. That is
0: good. We were talking about this recently because we had a mid-year event because we do a mid-year event, end-of-year event, and then start of January when we come back from holiday. So a mid-year event, we were covering content that we've heard a million times before, but I think it also depends where you're at in life what experiences you've had since the last time you heard that stuff, who's delivering that stuff because it could be someone different who has a different mm. take on it, and what you choose to pick up in that time. So something that you might have heard a million times it when you heard it the first time versus when you heard it the 30th time, whatever, there's different things that you take on because you're at a different stage in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's a fair point. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, so, I've definitely yeah, probably taken advice better. As I got older, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and probably realized that some things that I probably took as gospel when I was younger, I probably shouldn't have or didn't need to. So it works both ways. But yeah, no, that's a cool way to look at it. Hmm.
0: Last question to close off this episode: What's one thing that you would like our listeners to remember when facing challenges or adversity?
1: I just think find, mm, yeah, find the good—not necessarily the good, but find the opportunity and everything negative negative impacts or negative um situations in your life there's always going to be like it's a reaction thing so if you react in a way that's how it is yeah so I think find find the best reaction to whatever is happening so if it is a hard time it's see what good can come out of it because there's always positive and a negative I think Mm. um and sort of that's how that's I've really acknowledged that since my injury because there's so much positive that's come out of this one negative mm-hmm. that I'm just like, well, even though, like I said before, it was, it's never going to be a good thing that it happened, but too much good has come out of it that I can't be mad at it yeah. because it's happened and I can't change that. So it's like so much good has come. I've got to embrace that and that's just what's going on. And I've reacted well to how it's played out over the last mm-hmm. 12 months and I think I've read the rewards of the way I handled it and I think that's it was purely just because I was like there's too much good to to sit and take this in a in a negative light so I definitely think yeah see the positive and the negative and pursue it.
0: Awesome thank you so much for thank your you. valuable time insights experience tools that you've shared with us I'm sure our listeners will get so much.
1: I hope so yeah cheers thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries bye. Bye bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of One Great Conversation brought to you by Lux's Greats. We hope you gain some valuable insights that you can implement into your personal and professional life. Please share this episode with others who you think may be interested in this topic. If there's something you'd like covered in future episodes, drop us a line in the comment section or send us a message on social media. To stay up to date with new episodes and to help support One Great Conversation, please subscribe or follow us on your favorite streaming platform.